Welcome to the BGSM Podcast. I'm Daniel Friedman, and today I'm very excited to be chatting again with Dr. Alex Hutchinson to explore the latest in the world of endurance. A former Canadian national team long-distance runner and Cambridge-trained physicist, Alex is an award-winning author and columnist who writes for Outside Magazine and the Toronto Globe and Mail. In Alex's latest book, Endure, he questions the elastic limits of human performance. Alex, thank you for joining us again on the podcast. Thanks again for having me, Daniel. It's great to be back. Athletes at all levels use different words to describe how they feel during and after a workout. As you mentioned in one of your recent columns for Outside, the sensation of exercise can be difficult, painful, and exhausting. Many athletes struggle to find the light when they enter the very dark pain cave. Alex, what is pain, what is effort, and how do we perceive them differently? Yeah, I, I, so I wish I had a, a, a really succinct de- definition, but the, the best I can say is that pain is something we're mostly familiar with. And, and pain is, uh, you know, I, I poke you with a needle, you will feel pain. When we exercise, especially, you know, prolonged exercise, we feel discomfort that we, uh, that we, we well, we do feel some pain and we tend to assume that pain is what is holding us back or slowing us down. But you can actually disambiguate pain, the sort of unpleasant nociceptive feedback from, let's say, your muscles, from effort, which is, by by one definition at least, it's the struggle to continue against a mounting desire to stop. So this is the idea. It's not just that you're in agony. It's that trying to continue doing what you're doing, at least at the at the pace that you're doing it, is really difficult, and you have an overwhelming desire to to, to you know back off or slow down or stop. And so, what some fairly recent research suggests is that exercise can be painful, but if you're doing endurance exercise and you reach your limits, it's effort. It's this struggle to continue against a mounting desire to stop that has maxed out. In an interview with Malcolm Gladwell, you said that on some level, athletes enjoy hurting. They don't enjoy extreme pain. But athletes do talk about pain in a positive light. Why does it matter how we think about pain? Yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of dimensions to this. And, and there's certainly, I've heard a few researchers describe uh, successful athletes as benign masochists. That there's, you get, it's not that they, you know, love to suffer necessarily, but they, they get a, a satisfaction from pushing hard and feeling that discomfort. And it, that's important on a number of levels because how you respond to that discomfort, how you respond mentally is going to play a key role in in how you, in turn, how your body responds physically. And what I mean by that is if you go out and, and let's say, you, you know, go to the track and try and run as fast as you can for a few laps, it's going to get uncomfortable. And if you view that as a sign that you've exceeded your your natural limits and that, that your body is telling you to shut down, you're going to be affected by that and it's going to you're going to slow down in response. If you view it instead as a sign that you're doing things right, that you've come here to push your limits and this feedback from your body, this unpleasant feedback is is telling you that yeah, you're pushing up against your limits and it's telling you exactly how close to your limits you are, then it becomes uh it doesn't become pleasant, but it becomes useful. And once it becomes useful, then it, you can use it and view it in a more positive light and not as a signal that you have to slow down or stop. Alex, when you were competing for the Canadian national team as a middle and long distance runner, what did you understand pain to represent? You know, I, I, I hate to sort of paint myself as a as having been a, a dumb brute running around the track, 
because I, you know, I, I did think about these things. I did think about what was it that's, that was holding me back. But at the time, and we're talking, you know, 20 years ago, I had a very mechanistic view of what my limits were. And so I didn't, I didn't, I was totally oblivious to any distinction between pain and effort. And all I viewed pain as was as an index of how close I was to my, to my physical limits. And so if the pain got really bad, I just assumed that meant I'd gone as hard as I could go. And it was only really in, in sort of looking back on highs and lows that I, I would sort of say, well, but that doesn't make sense because often I was feeling the same subjective level of discomfort some days when I was having a great race, other days when I was having a terrible race. And, and, and you know, it's, it's only when I started to look back on those patterns and realized oh, there isn't really a one-to-one correspondence between the, the, the sensation and the physiological state. At least there wasn't for me. But so at the, at the time, I, I just sort of didn't think too deeply about it and, and assumed that I needed to get fitter if I wanted to go faster. And that was all there was to it. Before I read your book, I assumed the difference between a truly elite endurance athlete and the weekend warrior is that the elites can achieve at levels enduring pain that most cannot. Does the champion athlete suffer the most? This is one of those, uh, those sort of old chestnuts. I, I think there is a, a, a kernel of truth to it. Um, I don't think... That's the sole reason that, you know, uh, we're all equal, but some people are willing to suffer more. But there's there's quite a robust body of research now that suggests that if you apply any sort of painful stimulus and you increase it in intensity, whether it's, you know, with, with you know, cutting off circulation or, or uh, uh, you know, cold, extreme cold or whatever the case may be, athletes, non-athletes, elite athletes, they'll all have roughly the same pain threshold, which means that the, the pain, when the pain reaches a certain point, that's where they'll say, yeah, yeah this, this hurts. Uh, but then if you keep increasing the intensity of the pain, then this is where you see the difference in, in pain tolerance. Athletes will be willing to tolerate more of this pain at greater levels than non-athletes and elite athletes will be able to tolerate it more than regular athletes take that even further that elite athletes will be able to tolerate the greatest amount of pain in the at the point in their training cycle when they're closest to their peak uh, racing fitness and their lowest and, and then that will then ebb again when they're in their off season so there's this pain tolerance that does distinguish very good athletes from you know merely merely decent athletes and and it's something that seems to uh, ebb and flow with their training. So it's something they're, in a sense, working on at all times. Alex, if the weekend warrior does want to make the jump to become more of an elite athlete, how can they train themselves to condition to pain? Well, look, the I, I, I'd be dishonest if I didn't say that the first answer is, you, you know, you just train more. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the first answer for everybody. Uh, so but when we're and that that's the sort of the big part of the cake. When you're talking about the the more subtle differences, yeah, how can you squeeze more out of yourself? Strangely enough, the, the you know the first part of the answer is is really the same. Um, the physical training that you do is, in a sense, the best way to habituate yourself to this discomfort you're gonna you're gonna have to get used to as a, a you know as a competitive athlete. And at this point, I would say I, I don't think there's any really good shortcuts to get there. There's there's no magic, uh, you know, three step lesson that will allow you to push yourself harder. There are some some insights and some ideas that that may have some some relevance, and I, I think there's some evidence that suggests that things like mindfulness training can help to to push you in the direction that testing shows that elite athletes are already in. And so one of the key things about mindfulness is this idea of, of non judgmental self awareness and 
uh, elite athletes are particularly good at feeling pain without responding emotionally to it, at, at, uh, at being able to, to, to see pain as information that's telling them where they are, how hard they're pushing, how much reserves they have left, as opposed to seeing it as a sign that, that you know, they're about to die. And so th- there are some direct forms of mental training, like mindfulness training, that can help to cultivate these sorts of habits. But, but I think ultimately, uh, you know, there, there, there's some really interesting research where they, uh, it was at, I think, Oxford Brooks University, where they trained two groups to, to get the exact same physical increases in fitness. But one group did relatively sort of even-keeled training where they never pushed too hard, but they always pushed at a moderate, moderate level. And the other group did a more sort of interval-style training where some of their, running, or some of their uh, training was quite easy, but, uh, but some of it was also very, very hard, and which is, is multi- more painful. And what they found is that even though the, the changes in physiology were the same, the increases in VO2 max and lactate threshold and things like that were identical, the group that had suffered more they, first of all, they showed a greater increase in their pain tolerance, tested in a completely different method, not through their sports, tested, tested with uh, blood pressure cuff, uh, you know, ischemic uh, contractions. So there was a, a noticeable change in their pain tolerance, and that corresponded also to a noticeable improvement in their actual performance, even though their physiology hadn't improved more than the, the group that trained in a non-painful way. So this isn't advice to go and, you know, whack your finger with a hammer after every workout just to practice suffering. But it is, but it's sort of advice like that. It, it's what it's saying is that, uh, at least in the context of endurance sports rather than skill sports, you you have to suffer. You have to push yourself, and and part of the the unpleasantness of very hard workouts, the, the that unpleasantness is a core part of the workout in, in in some sense. If we move from the track to the ring, what do you think we can learn from mixed martial art fighters, boxers, kickboxers about how athletes can endure pain? If, if you were to compare someone who has taken a punch in the face, you know, a hundred times or a thousand times and compare them to me, well, my nose has never been broken. So that's one difference. But the other difference is that if you were to punch me in the face, I, I would be t- totally, I'd, I'd be unhappy on many different levels, but I would also be totally thrown by it. It's, it's a totally unfamiliar thing to me. I've never, you know, touched wood. I've never been punched in the face. And so I have no idea how to react to that. I have no idea whether the pain I'm feeling indicates that, you know, my, my nose has been shattered into 50 pieces or whether it's just, oh, that's just the sting of a, of a you know, boxing glove hitting my face or whatever. So I think familiarity is, is this really, really powerful concept that allows us to deal with sensations that would be are, that are intolerable the first time you encounter them. I, as a runner, I can say, you know, the... the the pain that I've put myself through on interval workouts, you know, on a more or less weekly basis for decades is something that I couldn't have imagined before I started running. And so when I look at, at, uh, you know, mixed martial artists, I, I can't imagine the, the things that they encounter on a, on a, on a regular basis, but, and, and, you know, they may be, there may be all sorts of things that allow them to help do that. They may be just tougher than I can imagine, but, but they also are familiar with that sensation and familiarity allows you to, uh, encounter a stimulus and and keep going and not let it throw you off more than you know more than it needs to. Alex, you've spoken a lot about how athletes naturally condition themselves to pain just through training. But do you think it's time that we reframe pain when it comes to exercise? I think the the, the way we think about pain is is a lot more important than we than we give it credit for. I, th- there's a 
a very f- interesting study from about a decade ago that that I often think about where they they basically inflicted pain on people. I can't remember exactly how. It was probably the bl- blood pressure cuff. And for the control group, they just told them, we're we're doing a study to see how people react to pain. We just want to see how what you know what your emotional response is to suffering. But for the intervention group, they said the same thing. They said we're just doing this study to see how you respond to pain. But as it happens, this this protocol you're doing it actually can have some beneficial effects for your muscles. Um, and this this sort of throwaway line that by the way this you know the suffering we're inflicting you could be useful. It had a, a massive effect on the amount of pain they were willing to tolerate. All of a sudden, they, they were able to tolerate twice as much pain. And then and, and this, the study has further wrinkles. You know, then they, they gave naloxone and, and uh, they also gave a, an endocannabinoid blocker. I can't remember the name of it. Um, and it found that this wiped out the increase in pain tolerance. So what, what, this, te- what was this, this tells us is that when you believe the pain is useful, you're able to to, to, to tolerate more. And that's because you're calling on your endogenous opioid and endocannabinoid system. So you're, you're actually recruiting real neurochemical help to allow you to endure more. And this is all just based on how people are thinking about the pain, how they're, whether they're thinking of it as just this negative, unpleasant sensation or whether they're thinking of it as, as something that is useful and helping them on route to a goal. And so I think that's a, a really kind of fundamental insight to keep insight to keep to to keep in mind for athletes that if you think about pain as something that is just something to to be endured and ignored and and pushed away then it's a negative and it's going to drag you down but if you can come to see it as something useful as a as a an indicator or, or as a as a as a sort of one of the instruments on your dashboard that's telling you how things are going that it's useful that it's 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 telling you yes you're you're doing what you you wanted to do you trained for this moment and and you're in pain which means you're pushing your limits all of a sudden you've you've changed the framework and pain is is a useful signal and hopefully it's then helping push you on towards your goals alex i want to be mindful of your time but before we let you go what do you think is next in the world of pain research the biggest question that I still wonder about is the question you started this interview with, which is what what is pain? And I think those that you know that fundamental question is still something we're trying to understand and trying to work through. So, in terms of what comes next for the future, it's I, I think we're still at a very fundamental uh, stage of understanding what pain is, how it works, uh, how we perceive it, what what the what the conditions are that alter it. So. Yeah, that's uh, my my hope is actually not some new thing that we've never thought about, but that we start we can make further progress on fleshing out what exactly this signal is and how we how we respond to it. If our listeners want to continue this conversation or find out more about what you're up to, where should they go? Uh, probably the easiest place to find me is on Twitter. Uh, you know, much as it has its pros and cons, uh, um, my my handle is Sweat Science, all one word. And uh, I post links to any articles I've written there, but I also uh, uh, often to be found having discussions with people about uh, interesting topics like pain and effort. Alex, as always, thank you very much for your time today. Thanks so much, Daniel. Thank you for listening to this BJSM podcast with Dr. Alex Hutchinson. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with friends or leave us a review and connect through our social media channels. You can listen to a new clinically relevant BJSM podcast every Friday. And there is no better place to find them than on the BJSM app. As always, we hope you have a physically active day.